Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Yeah, boy, a lot can happen when you're stuck in a cocoon. <laughs> so true, bestie. To listen to this show, <laughs> find us on foureyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And of course, we'd like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular tier patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, and Simon. I'm making a little hand hard at you all. Aww. Yeah, yeah, great thing for uh, audio format. Mm-hmm, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, Derek. Yeah? We are closing out like a month of talking about this one Spider-Man 2017 arc today. Yeah. We've been yeah. covering it for like a month. I don't think there's any other show except for the 90s show where like a full explicit arc lasted this long, right? Because Spectaculars were done typically in like three to four episodes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, 90 shows, like the whole season. Ostensibly, yeah. Well, so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the only time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I like this arc a lot as a whole. I will say, Me I think too. it is a good, a good, even with some of the, you know, we, I, we had some quibbles kind of along the way and I, I have some feelings about how this wraps up for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, considering when we went into this, I think we've said this time and time again, like kind of apprehensive about like a five part story from this show and like spider Island. Like, I don't know. It is paced out extremely well. I, I yes. really am pleasantly surprised by how well paced this, this is as an arc, you know, ultimately just, just the progression of, you know, releasing a spider virus to how to wrapping it all up and, and every step of the way, like it, it's been extremely well done. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that didn't work is all kind of in the details with with this arc and very pleasantly surprised with that. Yeah, I think there are plenty of things that they could fine tune, but this really is like a strong showing and like instills confidence in me that this team has the chops to do something like this, which mm-hmm. again, we haven't really seen other shows do in this sort of specific comic inspired way you know even the 90s show even though an entire season is an arc some of those episodes still feel like their own separate singular episodes oh for sure and the scope of this is is pretty different than i think what we've really ever seen before so i I think that makes a difference yeah i still you know i've said this before i still hope that we get like small scale stuff and little things i know this show Mm -hmm. has many events i think their seasons moving forward are all named things but um this this five-part arc at least gives me some confidence that they they can yeah. handle it only the last season has Just the like last a, one a okay. sub colon yeah the next season does have a lot of multi-parters and arcs and stuff but i don't know but i feel okay we'll see we'll see yeah yeah so we are talking about spider-man 2017 
season one episode 23 it's wild uh i don't know why this season feels so long maybe because we broke it in two i think um, so but we're on episode 23 spider island part five and the synopsis for this one per imdb is it takes a last ditch desperate effort for spider-man kid arachnic <laughs> excuse me uh, plenty to say uh, anya <laughs> and harry to save manhattan from the spider monsters that the jackal has created Kid Arachnic. Okay, the typo, hilarious. Hilarious. Mm. Hilarious. But he has never been referred to that in the show, right? But I think he has been in like toys and stuff, I think is what the case is. I think we, we've talked about this a little bit before. Isn't that right? He, I don't know if they eventually call him that in this show, but I know he has not yet been called this. And I believe it comes from needing to market him as a separate character. Yeah. Yeah, hate it, hate it. I don't want that to be his official name. I don't think they don't that it, carry it into anything else. I don't think. Yeah, and I don't. I've seen based on just like descriptions and stuff that I've seen from future episodes. I think they give him a different moniker, like officially later in the show. But I'm oh, not weird. Pos- but I'm not positive because I don't know. I haven't watched beyond this season. Yeah. Uh, but I've just hmm. and and you know, any time that Miles gets a name other than. Miles Morales or Spider-Man, I feel like it's always bad and stupid. So like, yep, yep, <laughs> yep. I don't think Kid Arachnid is a terrible name. I just think it's stupid to give Spider-Man, oh, aka Miles Morales, a different name. Well, Kid Arachnid isn't a bad name, but I think it's a bad name for Miles. I, agree. I think that that would be a good name if it was an actual Spider-Man sidekick, kid sidekick, like a Robin yeah. style sidekick to an adult Spider-Man. Yeah. And I can see an interpretation of Miles if they wanted to do that in some other version. I think I don't think it would be. I think it would be unfair to like the legacy of i think it'll be unwise and unfair to the legacy of the character but i could see a version of a show or or or, or comic adaptation or something where it's adult spider-man young miles teaming up and they call him kid arachnid as a sidekick whatever i would hate it but i could see that in this version of the show i don't think it makes a lot of sense even though he is like more naive and like more childlike the fact that they're both roughly the same age it doesn't work i think it sucks um i think you articulated better what i was trying to say which is it's not a bad superhero name it will always be bad for miles yeah, I, I think it. I, I think it's just not what he was created to be. Because again, it just makes him sound like a sidekick. It makes him sound like Kid Flash, and that really shouldn't be what Miles was meant to be. If it is, it's just doing a disservice to the legacy of the character yep. in the grand scope of things. And that's not how he hasn't been a sidekick in this show. He's been a partner that Spidey is a mentor to, but I would never yeah. call him a sidekick. A mentee is presented. not automatically a sidekick yeah he is more like the nightwing to batman than he is a robin to batman if that makes sense yeah yeah anyway original air date february 11th 2018 same with the past couple episodes written by kevin shinnick we know him directed by soul Choi. we know him yep (laughs) nothing new (laughs) nothing new in the production nothing new on the character front because we're closing out an arc here i will say like i wouldn't have been i guess maybe this is a discussion for last week but i did say at one point like i wouldn't have been mad if they introduced a new character as whatever the stealth spider was but i guess eventually we'll circle back to that because we asked the question last week was that ever did they ever tie that up (laughs) no they don't i don't think they do i truly don't think they do either yeah i mean I we know some... it was norman is, is about yeah. as tied up as it gets yeah i like a lot of stuff in this episode but there's some there's some issues that i have particularly with just like i mean some loose ends and some characters that are sort of like oh now you show up okay this but show we'll has <laughs> sort of uh consistently struggled to stick the landing perfectly right like mm-hmm. it it knows oh, yeah. how it's trying to land it just sort of like 
you know, uh, stumbles a little bit when it gets there. I, I like everything in this episode in the broadest possible way. I think everything Agreed. in concept of this episode is great. It all is just like nitpicks in the details and everything. Cool. Well, so, yeah. Let's get to nitpicking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite thing to do oh, yeah. on a podcast. <laughs> Cinema Sid number one. Famously our vibe. <laughs> yeah, of course. This episode opens with Miles waking up next to Peter the first time he's had any lines in like three episodes. <laughs> Uh, they're both webbed up, they're both suited up, and they're in Jackal's Oscorp lair. Uh, they kind of briefly catch up. Miles is like, oh my god. And I think they basically establish that he has literally been in, like, tied up and sedated since, I guess, like, part two, probably. Ugh. Because he is fully even unaware that, like, spider monsters are even a thing. Like, it's actually, I do... I do think it's funny that he's just like, Peter, I did I did some mathematical equations and I think it's entirely possible that this virus will cause people to eventually mutate into spider monsters. And Peter's like, oh, boy, wish you had been <laughs> present in part two. Maybe you could have helped out. But mm-hmm. nope, already happened, buddy. Sorry. A lot can happen when you're stuck in a cocoon. Yep. Hate to say <laughs> it. You were right, Miles. Yep. 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 Yeah. So they, they, they try to like dissolve their restraints with the web dissolvent that I guess they have makes sense that that would be in their toolkit right so they don't accidentally web themselves up Mm -hmm. uh but miles accidentally kind of overdoes it so he falls uh ends up face to face with jackal's entire spider army fully aware that they're trying to escape along with jackal himself just being like hey boys i see what you're doing you ain't gonna get out yeah fair enough that miles just woke up from probably being sedated for a very long time but literal days i guess bro That's not good. (laughs) You got invisibility powers, my man. (laughs) Oh, boy. But hey, hey. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's like a a 14-year-old kid who was knocked out uh, for a very long time. Sure, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before the spider monsters can destroy the spider men, Harry returns with a hologram on his glider to save them and, to Miles' surprise, addresses Peter by name, which, of course, Miles having been knocked out missing all the the teen drama does not know until this moment that Peter has revealed himself or his identity to anyone. Yeah. Also interesting because miles is the one who asks like, why can't we tell people? Yeah. Although I'm remembering something. What? Don't Gwen and Anya know that he is Spider-Man. Didn't he reveal himself, reveal himself to them in his debut episode? Miles. It's never. Yeah. Didn't miles reveal himself to Anya and Gwen? I don't think so. I thought he did, and it was a whole like facepalm that Peter had. It hasn't come up, so I guess it doesn't really matter. I At swear the... I thought he did in his debut episode to them, just mm-hmm. to those two. That would be wild yeah, because... because they know. Yeah, because they know. Because remember, they they have to cover for him when he's on Craven's show, and Max is like, What are y'all watching? And they're like, Uh, nothing, nothing. Oh, uh, wow. When like Miles is on Craven's show. Yeah. It hasn't I think really, that's like... a massive mistake for the show to have made. I think so, too. Because they don't know that Peter is Spider-Man unless they're doing the thing that we want them to do, which is know but not say anything. And it's never, but, like, it hasn't really come up eh, at all. Like, they don't really refer to it, you know? Huh. Which makes, but that's almost, like, it, like, (laughs) makes me wonder, like, wait, did I misremember? But I'm pretty sure they do know that he's Spider-Man in that episode, but then, like, it's just never brought up again. (laughs) Oh, wow. I wonder if they will retcon it and have him reveal again. 
I don't think they're going to retcon it, but I think that they're going to just like kind of not mention it. That's wild. I completely forgot about that right? because it feels me too. Because again, the the girls don't know Peter is Spider Man. So yeah, and, and and Spider the Spider Man are almost always exclusively together. So I just kind of figured. And although I guess if the girls know that Miles is Spider Man, but they don't know that Peter is Spider Man, then they would be concerned to reveal Miles' identity yeah. to Spider Man if they don't know that they know each other's identity. So okay, I guess whatever. We're thinking about it maybe more than they expected. But it to. is it's funny though because I remember us having conversations about the, the identity stuff that they've had, and I think I was listening back to our episode. I was like, wait, but. Shit, Miles did actually reveal his identity to them. Like that was a, that was a thing. But they just like again because he's appeared so sporadically. Like they never mentioned it. It never comes up that they're involved. That they know that or involved Damn. in it. Which feels weird. I think that it was a big weird. mistake. Then the fact that he's missing so often and that they never have an opportunity to ever do anything with it or don't give themselves the opportunity. I think that was a giant misstep on their part. Yeah, I feel like genuinely, like I, I feel like I need to rewatch his debut episode now because I, I genuinely too. am like, I am genuinely feeling a little bit crazy right now. Where it's like, I did also, that actually happen or not? Like, it sounds familiar. <laughs> I'm also embarrassed because like two episodes ago, I was like, I only remember the Miles stuff from the Craven episode. <laughs> yeah, clearly not. <laughs> but I think so. that's sort of a. T- I mean, our. Your memory is famously bad, and we, and for me, we haven't covered those episodes in like we last covered those episodes like quite a long time ago, probably a lot of like a year ago or something. Mm-hmm. So it's been a while, and I haven't revisited those earlier episodes at all that he was in. So like, in all fairness to us, you know, I think it makes sense, but I do think maybe it speaks to how not impactful Miles's character has been in this season. That like the people who know his identity, like we can't even remember if they actually know or not, which should be important. Like, which is a bummer. I do agree with that. I I, like about the impact because I, you know, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but we're kind of already on the topic. I do. I'm happy that miles is back. I do actually think he doesn't have a massive effect on this episode. So like his actual, he doesn't, but I like his presence as the comic relief. Oh, I do all too. The series I'm glad he's on, here. I'm glad. He's I think here. that there is, I think I, I do think like if you are a, if you are a big lover of miles Morales, I think that this season has kind of failed him as a character by giving him a lot to do and a lot of agency. But I do think if you look at him from the, from the lens of his character sort of being the place of the fun comic relief in this show among the ensemble cast, I think he does have a really good place because there isn't really another character that fills the role that he fills of like, you know, a place of like levity and everything that, and I do think that like, even in the previous episodes that he's been missing from, I think that him just being there cracking fun, fun, cute little jokes in the background. I do think that there is a place for that. It doesn't make him like a very compelling character in a way that he, I wish he was, (laughs) but it does. I think he is a fun presence to have in the show that like no one else really fills, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't argue with that. I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah. I'm still, I'm very happy to see him in this episode goofing off the entire time, whether or not he makes much of an impact. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, even I, when we talked about yeah. him, like we did say like, even just having him around would be helpful. So yeah. ultimately, yes, I am. I am happy that he's here. Yeah. But, but I do get you. It is kind of a bummer that like, that's all he does is just <laughs> crack some fun jokes and then makes zero impact. Otherwise yeah. it's like, that's a bummer. Yeah. Give him like one. Well, maybe there is one big thing. I'm just not thinking of it in this exact moment. Because sure. um, I was actually, while we were talking, looking this up, and he does 
immediately reveal his powers to Anya and Gwen. Okay, cool, cool. So, so we we're making that up. It's wild that it took us such a long time to remember that. <laughs> like, yep. Uh, weird. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Wow. So all wow. of that stemming from the fact that Miles now knows that Peter, who has not revealed his identity to anyone, has now revealed his identity to someone. Yeah. Yep. And did it while he was asleep in a cocoon. <laughs> hmm. Peter asks Harry, like, hey, are we cool? And Harry's like, honestly, let's not right now. Let's not jump to conclusions. Yeah. Uh, because there's shit going on, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> the hologram does work well enough to allow the trio to escape on Harry's glider, but having placed a tracer on the glider, Jackal is unfazed. Yeah, of Did course. Did Peter ever use a tracker on Jackal? Because it'd be really funny for that to like. It'd be funny, you know. Come back. I remember, on him, tables turned. I don't, I don't remember if he did or not. But again, it's another like Harry tries to have a cool save and he's able to save them, but no, he still plays into into Jackal's hands. Yep. Because of course, there's now a tracker on his glider. Harry just mm-hmm. cannot could not win. He could he cannot just completely win anything. He can nope. never have his fun hero moment. Also, was there is there a um, Horizon holographic uh, moment that I'm or hologram moment that I'm I not don't remembering? remember one because he specifically calls it out as Horizon's hologram tech. Yeah, and it's like a hard light hologram because it literally like knocks Jackal away. So that's like ridiculously advanced hologram tech. I don't remember that coming up in that way. Like there, I feel like we've seen holograms and stuff on this show, but not that like feels like significant where it's like literally hard light holograms like that is something specific and i i I don't recall that having come up before Hmm. but then again we also didn't remember that miles revealed his identity to anya and gwen so who knows what we're forgetting well from what i read from my own (laughs) notes it sounded like they kind of played it as a joke where peter was like hey and we got to keep our identity secret and then like in the next beat so yeah i don't know yeah still bold show bold Well, Harry and the Spider-Man head to Horizon, where Anya is taking care of Norman in what she calls a secret lab that the Spider-Monsters haven't discovered yet. Sure. <laughs> and, on, and on the way, I mean, they just, they're labs on top of labs. It's labs all yeah, the way down it's in the just, show. I'm not, it's, the, the labs are this show's abandoned warehouse. They so. super duper are. <laughs> <laughs> and on the way to this secret lab on top of a lab on top of a lab peter attempts to apologize <laughs> to harry and harry again brushes it off like we've got stuff to do right now let's not yeah when they get to the lab they do discover that spider-man's radioactive blood is too strong to be used as a cure but a custom synthesized version could do the trick because then they could take out the dangerous bits of radioactive blood essentially they know this because norman's been knocked out for pretty much since he turned back into a human to this point. So mm-hmm. it was too much for a human body to handle. <laughs> sure. Um, and yeah. so Spider-Man's like, okay, great. What do you need? Anya says, I need more of your blood. And so he gives more blood for Anya to work from, but this leaves him in a weakened state, which yeah, I think I'm is a great meet- setup. I think that's fun. It's a great setup. I think it's fun. We get a nice little science montage where they're, while they're making this cure. Who knows how much time is actually passing, but it's only a couple seconds for us. Yep. Um, and I, I like that all of this is underscored with just Miles's contribution <laughs> just being like, and you get a cookie, and I'm going to have a cookie. Cookies are great. I love cookies. I'm eating a cookie now. Do you want a cookie? I love <laughs> that, it. That's, that's his contribution. That is his only contribution to all of this. And right? honestly, I love it. I'm honestly, it. I wouldn't be mad if that were like his thing. If like cookies were just a thing Miles were obsessed with. Like that would be funny yeah. to 
Yeah. Oh, I could go for some cookies right now. Right. I'm going to make some cookies, especially I love that... just an old fashioned chocolate oh, chip cookie. Sounds yep. so good. I love that it presents itself too as like Miles starts to make what seems like a serious point of like, you know, Spider-Man, if you give more of your blood, you know what happens. And Spider-Man's like, yeah, I'd be weak. And he's like, no, you get a cookie. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. I don't know where these cookies came from in this like secret science lab in a city overrun by spider monsters, but I'm not complaining, I guess. Before he got captured, he made them as the dessert for his mushy meatloaf. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> wow. Full he actually circle found there, man. him because the cookies smelled so good. Yeah. Yeah. And he just kept them in his spider pockets the whole time. Oh, I guess. I don't like, like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, where, how else does he have them? Oh, boy. No, Given he was making the precedent he was bak- of where things are stored no, 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 no. in these costumes and these shows. This secret lab had a kitchen, and this is where Miles was oh, yeah. baking the entire time. So okay. he just got the cookies that he was already baking that he had been kidnapped from. There you go. I Solved it. fully buy that Miles Morales would know how to make some cookies, you know, as a snack for when they're doing long nights in the lab. Yeah, absolutely. On a Bunsen I burner? That. Sure. That seems like that's, yeah, that's, that seems to fit this version of him very well. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah, yeah. Done, done more work to flesh out Miles yeah. on this podcast than this show has done, honestly. Ooh. so. <laughs> <laughs> well, with things relatively calmed down, Peter and Harry finally do actually speak about why Peter kept his identity as Spider-Man a secret. He claims it wasn't fair to make Harry choose between his best friend and his dad. He points out, I couldn't tell you because your dad is my greatest enemy. Peter, there are so many better ways you could say everything you say. <laughs> no. Harry calls him out on it. I like. I like yes. that he's just like, that's not, that's stupid, Peter. Like, tell me what you're really thinking. Like, this, that, that's bullshit. I love so that obvious. he says, that's not the truth. That's just something you've been telling yourself. I yeah. love that because this Peter has been stubborn about certain rules of superheroing. And I actually think, like, this episode ties together something that we've kind of been watching, kind of mm-hmm. been picking up pieces to, which sure. is that Peter Parker in this show has a very strict idea of what a superhero is supposed to do, the rules they're supposed to follow. We see that he struggles to allow other spider people on the scene. He has yeah. to be in charge. He tries to sideline people. And it's funny because all those moments seemed perfectly right in context without it being part of a bigger thing but this episode really tells us like no it was kind of part of a bigger thing yeah i i yeah i agree i agree i i like it i think it's it's really it's really interesting and the way that peter sort of is uh, peter has to sort of admit to himself like you know what you're right it's not just about you actually it's barely really not about you at all it's about everyone that everyone i'm close to my enemies could like destroy everyone and everything i care about not just you so what that's why i can't just reveal my identity willy-nilly right and harry's like okay well that clearly doesn't matter because spider-man's like destroyed by life anyway like all the times that (laughs) spider-man's fucked it up so me knowing whether or not you were spider-man or not affected literally nothing um and that's when it sort of segues into like he references spider-man getting him kicked out at horizon because that's basically kind of the first that was like the first domino that fell that and then everything went downhill for harry after that with spider-man sort of like sprinkled in along the way making things worse at least from harry's perspective right 
And then that's when Harry is sort of like, okay, or not. That's when Peter is sort of like, well, as I tried to tell you before, but couldn't fully do it without revealing my identity. I know that Harry, I mean, that, that, oh my God, why do I keep saying these names wrong? I know that Norman was the one conspiring with Smythe to get you kicked out of Horizon. I saw the footage. You know, it just happened to have burned up when uh, Jackal attacked Oz Academy, so there's no proof of that or anything. Harry's like, oh, wow, very convenient that it doesn't exist anymore, Peter. It's (sighs) good. It's rough, but it's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's all the stuff that they've been arguing about already, right? We've all we've seen variations on these arguments happening. It's just like now it's all there's no more secrets, right? So like it's all actually like like, just have the argument. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, to in in Harry's defense, like there isn't uh, there still isn't anything that has truly fundamentally said that his dad is a bad guy. Like every anything that that's happened within the Spider Island arc, you can just say that like, oh, Jackal was controlling Norman. That's why, you know, that's why I know that was happening. At least that's what Harry is telling himself. So like there's nothing from his perspective that his dad has really done wrong. And Spider and, and Peter and Spider-Man. Like neither of those things have a have a have a good justification to like a, a for for anything that that they've done to affect his life at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I whew, it's good. It's a good conversation, um, and I'm glad they're finally just able yeah. to have it <laughs> to just have it. Yeah. Now, <laughs> how do you feel about the next point though? Because okay. I'm a little bit conflicted about this because then then oh. the argument turns to like yeah and now you're you've actually hurt my dad because your blood put my dad into a coma and spidey's like well your dad would still be a spider monster <laughs> if my blood didn't cure him so what the fuck dude like i'm conflicted about it because i do see that like harry is coming from a point of anger so he's probably just like pulling out everything just blaming everything on spider-man but at the same time like i don't know i feel like he's a little smarter than that because it is a bizarre argument to have that like the thing that cured your dad that you revealed your identity for like well now it's like it's too radioactive and it's killing him and it's like but obviously he didn't know that like i don't know it, i think yes I, I i can't disagree with anything you said because harry is not thinking rationally i think it works because he hasn't been thinking rationally for sure. at least a couple episodes now and i sure. think what i like about it is that they're both kind of wrong in that they're only arguing one thing where Harry is like, your blood put my dad into a coma. And Peter's like, yeah. uh, no, my blood saved him. And it's like, well, your blood saved him and put him in a coma. And I think if both of you just acknowledge that, we can yeah. move on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And <laughs> all, all this stuff is very kind classic of out, yeah. them. I think they've had moments like this before where like they both insist the other person isn't listening or the other person isn't you know, seeing correctly. It's like, remember when they, they had some sort of argument uh, in the coffee shop where Peter first tries to tell Harry, like, your dad's a bad guy. And Harry's like, no. And I think they both kind of do the same thing of like, people aren't always what you think. They both kind of say the same thing. I think this mm-hmm. is sort of a classic moment like that where it's like, you're both talking about the same exact thing. Okay. You just, yeah. you just need to argue with each other clearly. Well, and I guess like they've been able to, they've so many times they've been able to just agree to disagree in the past and just be like, but it's fine because we're friends. We're just going to disagree on this, but it doesn't matter what we're friends. And at this point, like 
they can't do that anymore. Nope. Like the stuff is too dire. The friendship is too fractured. They can't agree to disagree. And I, I think that they've, and I think this is sort of showing as strong as their friendship has been throughout the entire show. That is one sort of fatal flaw that they've had is that they have been so like kind and like will concede to each other so easily that they've never really had to truly hash out any of their actual issues that they definitely are going to have. There's obviously inherently just because of any human relationship going to be some kind of like issue or like resentment that they have towards each other just because that's how people are right but they've Mm -hmm. never had to actually deal with that and now they're confronted with like they're confronted with all of their sort of resentment and disagreement in the worst possible way in the most dire circumstances in a moment where they don't have time to actually do it but like they have no way to escape from it they can't just they can't just be like well, well, we'll just deal with this. Well, we, we can just ignore this because we're friends. They just can't. And like, they don't know right. how to deal with that now. It's almost, it's almost sadder because even though, yes, they have not prepared themselves to, or haven't had to prepare themselves with something so serious to like be able to work through this moment. It like, if they, if their friendship had just broken apart like five episodes ago, it would mm-hmm. almost be less sad than this which is like they're really just like struggling but trying but struggling like it's not just broken off like they really are just like constantly missing each other in this weird messy fucking way where it's like you are always so close to being able to get on the same page as opposed to just like well you were never meant to be best friends in the first place like no they probably are and they're just so close but just far enough away that they cannot get to it yeah yeah absolutely uh, it's hurts this it hurts show, this show <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean of course they can't they're not working through their issues in the scene uh they probably weren't going to work through their issues either way in the scene but it doesn't help that they're interrupted when spider monsters attack and destroy all of anya's progress from the the machines in the, in this lab that they're in right now right can we get this cool. girl some more vibranium to like protect all of her shit please yeah we can trust it, her with it <laughs> seriously every time she gets anything done somebody blows it up like yeah. damn <laughs> so frustrating so true like from the beginning of this show all of her shit gets wrecked yeah yeah damn <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. Well, Spider-Man tries to jump into action, but of course he's just given a bunch of blood. So he's too weakened. Harry tries to defend them with his flame sword, but in true Harry fashion, as everything happens, uh. as soon as he tries, he just, you know, he, uh, he swings a few times trying to do some cool stuff, but it's like seconds before his sword is like chopped at the hilt. Like it's just cut off, like cut completely, basically destroys his flame sword and he just gets knocked down again, does not get to do anything remotely cool in that scene. Look, it serves the story, but I just want to say the spider uh-huh. monsters OP as fuck in this episode. They really <laughs> and are. We'll revisit this point later, <laughs> but they are OP as hell. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> you know who else is OP is Anya who just shows up and kicks ass. She's allowed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's allowed. Um, and then they run to Miles's lab where he reveals that actually I was simultaneously synthesizing the cure, just, you know, speed up the process. So they do have some cure left and they're able to like cure some of the spider monsters that were attacking them at the time. Yes, because it happened and I don't know what to do with it, but I don't think I like it. Okay. <laughs> the joke okay. where Anya's like, I could kiss you right now. And then Miles is like weird about it. I don't think that's going to be a thing. I don't know. I mean, but also like there's been really 
outside of like one little like hand brushing between Gwen and Peter, there's been like literally like no ship teases for anybody in this entire show. So it's hard to tell when they're doing it or not, because it's like, well, we haven't really seen like how they do it because they haven't do it, haven't done it. So like this could very well be them like, Oh, ho, this is their first spark and we're going to get them together. Okay. Or it could be a fun little joke. If that's what I don't, it is. I don't know either way, honestly. If it's a fun little joke, meh. If it's actually yeah. the first like ship tease, like, all right, all right. I wouldn't be mad about seeing how they would be. In, like, I think that could be a fun will they, won't they. And like, it's if they do dynamic. get together. It, yeah, right. Exactly. I think the dynamic is very, very funny. I think that could be really interesting to see the two of them together. I don't know if that's what they're actually going to do or not, but like. I would be interested to see how that plays out if that is what they're teeing up. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I also wouldn't be surprised if they never really do because this show, they're all like pretty young. It would be easy for them to just like ignore it. But I'd be shocked if a Peter Parker existed and never had some sort of girl trouble. Right. Of course. Yeah. Glad we've held off. Right now he just has boy trouble and I'm here for it. Right. For sure. For sure. Yeah, well, luckily, you know, because Miles has has at least some cure, allows them to regroup and create a plan for widely distributing the cure or, uh, around the city. So they kind of arm themselves with these, like, web pellets, an injector gun, and containment capsules, which are basically, like, Harry's classic, like, Raimi goblin bombs that we saw in an earlier episode. But he is like, well, yeah, it just actually, like, distributes, you know, distributes liquid in a, in a gaseous form or whatever, however he explains it. But it's basically a cure bomb is how he ends up describing it, which is a fun inversion of like your typical goblin explodey uh-huh. bomb or goblin like smoke bomb in that it's like a nice version of it where it, you know, explodes in a gaseous cure that makes people happy and healthy. <laughs> it's funny because he, he like explains like, well, no, the purpose is to like contain volatile liquids. But like, yeah, if you did need to release them, you could. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you need to do that if you're containing it, Harry? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Seems more like it's a weapon, but you know, <laughs> they call them out on it. They literally say yeah, like, you mean a so bomb? A bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's even miles. Who's like calling him out on it, which uh-huh. I like. It's yeah. like miles of all people. It's just like, no, you, you made a bomb, dude. Like, does anybody else see that? He just made a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so they're now armed and they're ready to head out from horizon but harry stops first at norman's life support capsule and norman says he's proud of harry for becoming the hero he always believed harry could be so you know things are going to go well from here right super duper well for sure they got me in the first half when norman was like I'm proud of you, son. I was like, oh my god! Oh my god! Like, no. holy yeah. shit! Norman what is Osborne happening here. Norman Osborne telling Harry Osborne that he's proud of him. Big red flag in every iteration and every version. It's ever. a red flag, but this has been a slightly different version of Norman. I just thought maybe it meant he was going to die. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Like he wasn't uh, going to make true. it by the end of the episode or something. I um, was pretty sure after all the fake outs. I mean, I figured he would. Time. And I didn't think this for very long because they follow it up immediately with the thing that was a bigger red flag to me, which is you've become the hero I always believed you could be because Norman doesn't believe in heroes the same way we do. Like that's right. <laughs> like, so right. that, I mean, it was m- momentary when I was like, <laughs> what does this mean? 
Um, yeah. And then it made means sense. bad means something it bad. Definitely means, means bad. something bad, <laughs> especially <laughs> coupled with the second part for sure. Look, I, I, <laughs> I feel like even though we know it's gonna go wrong, like you, you have to also want for any iteration of Harry to just like get even an ounce of like yeah. genuine, authentic, like caring from someone that he needs it from like i so, mean i i, I wanted think, I don't to think believe norman <laughs> is lying i think he is proud sure. of harry yeah, in yeah, this yeah. moment it's just you know norman being proud of someone isn't necessarily a good thing it's so. not what we would all be proud of people for typically <laughs> R- right uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> i just was surprised i was very it's like this norman apologizing it like catches me off guard i'm like whoa <laughs> yeah yep 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 Outside, the group cure several spider monsters, including Flash Thompson. Still wish we had got to see him yeah. not monstrous with spider powers. I think that would have been fun. It's not enough. It's it's nice that we see him and we see Liz Allen too. Yep. It's nice that we see them. It's not enough for me. I'm still it's not enough for me it, either. It honestly ultimately kind of reminds me of that that they didn't use them. <laughs> Same, there's another character at the end of the episode, there you sure know what I'm is. talking about, where it's like, are you fucking kidding me? This is all we saw of him in Spider Island? It's, are you f- joking with me right now? It's just mean. I would have rather you not show any of them, honestly, at this point, and not acknowledge that they exist, uh, rather than give me this little tiny taste in the most pathetic way possible. It's more annoying <sighs> because I would rather just believe that they didn't have spider powers and have been hiding or something. You know, like... right. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I just honestly, I, I really do think I'm maybe the more I think about it, the most upset about not seeing Flash because it just feels yeah, so correct. It's so fun. And you even like get a nice like when he transforms back into Flash and Spider Monster, <laughs> he like does the, the like Spider-Man uh-huh. pose with the Spider-Man yeah. fingers. Yeah. He's been like, living, he's like, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I would have liked to see that. Mm-hmm. Would have liked to see that more than the fucking Black Widow fighting Hydra, but whatever. <laughs> <sighs> yes, I agree with you. I I. I, I, I am more conflicted about it than you are for sure because I do think they did a lot of fun stuff in that episode. But if I had to choose, I would choose your path, yeah, not the path we got. Put Black Widow in a different episode. I, I, yes. Why did it have to be that one? She, she could have been in literally any episode. She voices yeah. Gwen Stacy. Right. right. Uh, <laughs> She's already there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, we do see this. And I do like the detail that they have them in their outfits. So like Liz Allen Spider-Monster is wearing the tie. Flash Thompson Spider-Monster is wearing his jacket. So at least they do that for us. There's a little mm-hmm. tiny bit of thing that we get there. Um, but the group also recognizes that despite saving these people, they're barely making a dent. Again, millions sure. of Spider-Monsters. And they yeah. agree that they have to conserve the serum instead of use it on individual Spider-Monsters and figure out a way to distribute it all at once over the city. Makes sense. Yes, it does make sense because that's how it spread in the first place. And Spider-Man acknowledges this and says, Harry, if Norman was able to create that dispersal unit like we saw him do in Spider-Island Part 1... Could we maybe tap him to make another one? And Harry says, no, he's too weak. But if Norman can do it, I can do it. I just need to be at Oz Academy with my equipment to figure that out. This is where we need to stop down. So they bring up the the dispersal unit, which... I feel like it was very clearly spelled out in Spider Island Part 1 that all of the stuff that Stealth Spider was collecting was poison. Like, I don't think that there's any ambiguity yes. there, right? What he was going to disperse from his dispersal much. unit <laughs> was literally poison. It was going to poison the city. So, based on the information we have right now, uh, Norman was the Stealth Spider 
and at least at a certain point was under the control of the Jackal. My take is that we know that Jackal has mind control technology because he's used it on rhinos and stuff before. I think what we're supposed to understand like Norman as the spider monster was uncontrol- in control of the joke, uh, Joker, not Joker, Jackal. Uh, I think that Norman as the cell spider was also under the control of the Jackal. I think, I think, I think, I think is the how we're supposed to understand it. I might be, mm. I have seen beyond this episode. And so I might be, maybe, maybe they referenced it in, in the following episode or something. I might be conflating that i honestly okay. don't remember well, i honestly you... don't remember it. we'll have to put a pin in that i honestly don't remember if i'm just making this up on my own interpretation or if they say something in an episode after this that clarifies that maybe well I i'll really tell you don't this remember. much having not seen the next two episodes that to me sounds like fanfic because there's nothing in this episode that indicates yeah. that that would be the case they would need to be uh-huh. abundantly more clear. Yeah. Because that, but I also, only, but, yeah. I know that we know that Jackal has the ability to do mind control, but in the context of Spider Island, all of the mind control has been specifically carried out on spider monsters, not just people right. with spider powers. It doesn't yeah. mean Jackal couldn't do that. We know that he could, but they never address that in any other piece of this five-part episode. Cool. So based on, okay, so if we're looking at this one episode, forget my whole theory that that could again that could have been theory, it could have been i i honestly don't remember I if i if i the text I, I honestly don't remember if i made that up or if that's something that they that they reference later i really don't so based on the information that we have then there's two paths it could be that norman was some what it, it could be that norman was working at the behest of the jackal or whatever or it could be that norman himself stole the stealth spider suit was stealth spider and tried to poison the entire city Either way, is, why does either of the do either of those scenarios make sense though? Why would Jackal poison the city if he was trying to make a spider army? Why would Norman poison the city for any reason? Neither of those paths make sense. I think the Norman one alone makes no sense whatsoever. There is no yeah. reason I can think of that Norman Osborn would steal the suit and try to poison the city independent of anything the Jackal is doing. If Jackal's yeah. mind controlling him, I truly cannot understand why he would try to poison the city city. for any reason because originally I thought that like oh did I like when I was watching this five-parter originally before we were covering the podcast when I was just watching the first way through and I got to this episode I was like oh I wonder if like maybe it was that the dispersal unit was actually they were trying to disperse the spider virus then or something like that but then when we went back to it it's like no it is explicitly poison and the spider virus had already been released so like because There's when no... we were talking about it, we thought that's what was being set up. We thought, right. oh, this dispersal unit is potentially Jackal trying to create the Spider Island, right? But then the gag is that at the end of the episode, everybody's already transforming anyway. It's already in the air. The, the last line of the episode is, I think the virus is already airborne or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Without that dispersal unit. So yeah, what is the dispersal unit? Unless it was, I, I truly don't know. Like I don't, I, I I don't get what that was. Because here's the thing too, if Norman was operating under his own accord, and that was his whole plan, that means he went through the whole process of stealing the stealth spider suit. A, I mean that means that he was following Peter and Miles around to steal the stealth spider suit, which means that he knows Peter is Spider Man, and this episode doesn't give any indication that he does, at all, but. Then again, there also isn't any room well, for him to say that one way or another. So maybe, I don't know. 
The person who stole the suit should know that Peter is Spider-Man, but we, as Stealth Spider, when we saw Stealth Spider, never gave an indication that he did. We know he should because of where he stole the suit from. But that could be a miscommunication on, like, the show's part, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Stealth Spider suit really, as cool as it was, I think really complicates this whole arc in a way that's unfortunate because it's so fucking cool. Part one of this of this on its own, part one of Spider Island on its own is its own episode I, I, is really good. It's oh, one of agreed. the strongest. It is one of the strongest episodes of this entire arc as a singular episode. Yes. The way it fits into this arc, I think, falls apart extremely quickly. I don't think it fits in. I think so many pieces of that episode fundamentally do not work with the the other four episodes that come after it at all. I think it's fundamentally like does not work at all. Like it is almost, you almost have to take it as its own separate piece that has nothing to do with the rest of it yeah. other than like the setup at the end of the episode, because otherwise none of the stuff makes, makes sense. And I would be willing to just be like, whatever, I'll just treat it as we- weirdly more of a standalone, except that it is frequently brought up. And the dispersal unit idea is like instrumental to where their final plan in this episode is like and, well, and what what they're doing in this episode even if they weren't bringing it up just simply knowing that the stealth spider is somebody we already know in the series and that person was trying to poison the entirety of new york city yeah, that's a like, big deal you do you kind of need to know why if it were somebody we have never deal. met before who cares they could try to poison the city just because they're a bad guy and they right. like to see the world burn like it doesn't matter but if it's norman it matters if it's the jackal it matters yeah it's yeah, a big that's fucking really deal. really weird. That's very, very weird. It seems I hope like a huge that, misstep. I mean, I hope that what you're saying, like, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that your gut is coming from a place that the. But it the still doesn't. Episodes, but it still right. doesn't solve the problem, though. That's right. the thing. Even if, even if Norman is was being mind controlled by the jackal, which isn't possibility because we know he has the technology and he is at least controlling Norman by the time he's a spider monster. I think that that's a definite possibility. Why? It still doesn't it, make sense you know, as to why any of it happened. It can't even be a backup plan for Jackal because Jackal explicitly says, like, it was never my plan to turn all of right. New York into spider monsters. My plan was to inject my clones with spider powers. It was never aerosol. It was never meant to be airborne. Right. And that's explicitly what the dispersal unit is meant to do. Even if you were to say that he... Like, maybe in part one, Jackal hadn't realized that his spider virus was airborne yet. So it was like, okay, well, my plan is to poison the city. And, I, and then he figures out to not do that plan once he figures out there's a spider virus actually out there. Okay, still, why was he trying to poison the city? Because that seems antithetical to anything that he was previously doing. All of his goals throughout this entire show had been to create a spider army, not to kill the world or whatever. He wants a spider army so he can take over the world. What does poisoning the entire city of New York how does that accomplish any yeah. goal we've ever seen set up for? It actually doesn't all, work for either of those villains because both of these villains crave power, not destruction. Right. Exactly. It's exactly. That is like a full on just like sociopathic huh. chaotic villain thing to do. That has neither of neither Jackal nor Norman have ever been set up to no. just do destruction and death for the sake of destruction and death. It would just be like, like, okay. So it's like, I could see a version of something where it's like, oh, we, you know, one of those things where it's like you sort of, mostly destroy the world put it in an apocalyptic setting that you can take over but if it's isolated to just the city of new york and people are just poisoned like 
that you can't do what do you do with that i mean honestly even if we just interpret poison as something that's bad for people like but not killing them it still doesn't make sense right even if the poison is the serum or the virus like it still doesn't make sense with what they've told us because again that wouldn't be norman's plan norman doesn't want that and it wouldn't be jackal's Mm -hmm. plan because he explicitly told us it wasn't so yeah that's really bizarre i admit they clearly right had to have rewritten something and didn't i guess so fix that it's just part so weird because i do feel like because it's three, good four, on its own it's really part, really good on right. its own but then like parts three four and five i feel like all feel a piece to each of each other they all feel like very consistent i think it's really just part one and then you know you have your part two that doesn't really fit in anywhere it's really just part one that's just like feels like it's just part of a completely like was was written by like a completely different team that had that like didn't consult and they just didn't connect. what they were going to be doing after yeah that just did not consult or you know connect with what they were going to be doing with the rest of the art man it's really bizarre oh derek that makes me wish even more that stealth spider was neither one of them and turned out to be right. like a totally separate player it that was worked. misleading them the whole time which i think they could have easily folded into all of this and they still could have had Norman having been a spider monster in the background or something like oh, that. Oh, sure. Like, I don't know. Sure. Yeah, like, they still could have found us Especially because in. we know that people know about this. I mean, they would have had to slide the events a little bit to make it make sure. a little bit more sense or do a little bit of backwards explaining. But, like, we know that Craven came here explicitly because of what was going on, mm-hmm. um, because of the chaos. So, I mean, actually, we don't, even need to t- we don't even need to piggyback off of that. It literally could have just been a different villain that they thought was tied into what was already going on because that's what it was already going on. Yeah. Oh man, that bums me out. Cause again, like you said, the first one's so good. These three episodes are really good and they just don't connect in a way that makes it good. <laughs> yeah, Weird. It oh man. I, I want to know like more. It. I want to know a, more. It is such a I bummer. Hope something's I, missing. I hope so too. It's like, cause like we said right at the top, like I feel like this whole arc conceptually so much good stuff in it. I really like, everything that they're doing conceptually and theoretically and like a lot of pieces of it and like the individual episodes are very strong on their own but like that makes me feel like as a five episode arc as well paced as the actual spider island stuff has been mm-hmm. the other sort of like side stuff and pieces and the details and ways he got there really bizarrely messy in a way that like even for this show i don't know it's it's very strange it's sort of unexpected i feel like to me it is funny though like i didn't really i didn't really clock it that much but it does. i'm glad you didn't i did i did yeah. and it bothered me and i think affected my experience of watching this because i well, really wanted to be more emotionally affected by how this episode yeah. ended and it was really hard having that sort of cloud over like but that part doesn't make sense though why would yeah. that why did no, no, that no, no. happen it makes sense <laughs> that you would clock it i guess maybe i'm just hopeful that more people didn't and so it wouldn't have hurt the experience but that doesn't i mean sure that's it's not what you want from a show you want it to just make sense in the first place <laughs> yeah it's really it's really bizarre oh, man. All, you know it, i really yeah, I want to ask so somebody other... about it. Yeah. Like, what like the, where what was that supposed that to from? go? What was it supposed to... Because, again, my hope is that it was supposed to go somewhere and it just got dropped or forgotten or not rewritten cleanly yeah. or what? Or, like, like one, one detail got changed and then that, like, caused a domino effect where nothing else from it made sense, but it was, like, yeah. too late to go back and fix it, you know? Yeah. I hope there's a story. I really hope there's a story. Yeah. And then it I wasn't so just too. like, oh, shit, we hadn't thought of that. <laughs> that would be the Whoops. worst <laughs> yeah why did he want to poison the city nobody really considered that like, hmm. why really really hmm. <laughs> that's a big deal though <laughs> kind of a big bit of a big deal yeah that's a that's a very big deal uh, damn yeah i don't like it 
I don't <sighs> like it. I don't like it, Doug. I don't either. I don't like that either. <laughs> but I do like these three episodes. So, I know. so I you know. know. I know. <laughs> so with this in mind, it's also frustrating because they need that detail to move forward with what they're going to do, right? So you That's can't even important. just ignore it. Yeah. So they do move to make their way towards Oscorp. And Harry is basically like, yeah, I get that it's crawling with spider monsters, but <laughs> I do know the tower very well. We can get in under like undetected. And they do so through a secret underground entrance. And when it's pointed out that Oz Academy is at the top of the building and that they're at the bottom of the building, Harry says, don't worry about it. I've got a solution. And that solution is the remaining Spider Slayer suits, which they will use to launch themselves up to the top of the tower and use to fight the spider monsters. <laughs> I really do appreciate the ingenuity of like, you've got a, you've got a whole army of spider monsters, use a spider slayers because spider slayers are built to slay spiders. So yes, checks I, out. <laughs> I do like that. I will say like, it's I, not it's what not I want my, from a Spider-Man show. It's not I my preference say. for there to be like a sort of like, um, future sci-fi alien yeah. mech versus you know monster battle <laughs> but i don't think they do it poorly it's just maybe not what i was expecting <laughs> yeah it's not what i was expecting there's a like yeah there's a lot of pros and cons to it right i think the mecha suit up sequence to cool rock music neat it i all, like it it's i think cool. the whole thing feels cool. like a series of homages so that's fun. it does it does yeah and it's sort of like it's very video gamey where they're literally going up different levels trying to eliminate the bad guys right, right? And there's different obstacles super video they even call it out as being like a video game yeah. so i'm fine yeah. with that i also like i like the sort of low frame rate cgi that the spider slayers have when they're fighting <laughs> like there's something really cool the way that it looks you know mm-hmm. um like it almost like looks close to like stop motion a little bit um, and it, it doesn't go on super long, but it is weird that that's sort of like the big, the big action sequence of the episode is just characters who like three characters with spider powers and then a dude with like goblin tech instead just being in mech fights, shooting lasers. Like, I don't love that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't love it. I do think they, they do some interesting things with it that carry forward and I think the only reason I'm kind of okay with it is because I do feel like the show has like occasionally done weird sort of like we had the mech yeah. fight in the middle of the city that I didn't expect that sure. I wouldn't necessarily consider a very Spider-Man like thing. But mm-hmm. every once in a while, the show just does like a weird seemingly homage to some sort of weird sci-fi yeah. thing. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not mad exactly at it. Sh- it's just not right. necessarily like you said, what I want from like a group of spider powered people and a, and a goblin. Yeah, it's like I'm not exactly maybe if it was like a stronger like if it was an even more direct homage to something like very specifically, like maybe I'd be a little horror with it. As it stands, I feel like it's a more general like future mecha robot <laughs> homage to just that concept and genre, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which is, yeah. again, fine. And it doesn't go on for super long, but I do think it goes on for a little too long for my taste. I yes. was hoping they were just going to use it to get up the skyscraper and then like leave to fight one on one. But instead, it's sort of like, no, we're going to shoot up a bunch of spider monsters. And I'm like, but I thought you were going to cure them, not shoot them with lasers. But okay. well, that's been an issue <laughs> I've had throughout this whole arc, which is that they're <laughs> way too willing to beat the shit out of these monsters that they know are people. And they've established yeah, <laughs> frequently that these spider monsters seem to not be hurt by anything they do, but it is very weird and feels specific to this show uh, as opposed to many other shows, Spider-Man and not Spider-Man, that when 
an entire population of civilians are turned into monsters, we don't shoot them. We don't beat the shit out of them. We don't because Harry, there are people Harry, under there. When Harry pulled out a literal <laughs> flame sword, I was like, I'm a little worried about what you're gonna do with this. Like buddy. we Maybe cannot I'm not chop any of up. their limbs off because presumably right. they will no longer have those limbs or something when they transform back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like maybe I'm a little glad that they broke your flame sword that early because I don't know that that's the best weapon to have in this situation. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's a choice I wouldn't have made. I don't think it hurts the episodes, but it's it's a little weird to see, uh, given they know every single one of these people were turned into a spider monster against their will. (laughs) Yeah. And they literally are armed with a cure. Like, I know that they're trying to minimize use of it, but. Oh, you know what they do? A little bit of it. (laughs) They do have Peter specifically say, set your phasers to stun or whatever, which is a direct reference. But also, it's still a weird image to have them shooting people they know were turned into monsters against their will. It's still weird. And again, they literally have a cure. And I know that they're trying to conserve it, but also, like, it's weird that they're carrying a cure, but then also shooting the monster. I don't know. It's strange. It's like, it's like we're trying to help Gwen, but also I'm going to kick her in the face. Like, it's a little (laughs) bit weird. What I do like, though, I don't like how they get to this point. I think they could have done something a little bit more creative here on how they get to this point. But what I do like is that almost all of them have their spider slayer broken in a unique way, like pretty quickly, which does create challenges for them moving forward and creates um, at least a solution kind of later for how they get out of the out of the situation they're in. So I, I at least like that they don't rely entirely on these spider slayers and that they kind of like tell us pretty quickly, like this isn't actually our end goal here. Like it's not the climax is not them fighting with these things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So sure. Harry's sure. boosters are damaged. Anya's uh, spider slayer loses an arm and Peter's slayer loses its entire head, which forces him to pilot it with its cockpit wide open. Cause he doesn't have any sort of like optic, camera situation going on yeah so they're all kind of like fighting damage and this actually does make sense later on um Mm -hmm. what i don't like about how they got there is remember when i said the spider monsters were op as hell Mm -hmm. these spider monsters just like break these spider slayers (laughs) like (laughs) you're telling me this is oscorp tech (laughs) (laughs) the the things that were literally built to slay spiders to slay spider people yeah when it's faced with with spider monsters that at least are not as smart and agile like as a a (laughs) spider-man like that that like cannot that aren't using tactics or whatever yeah but no they just rip it apart at least have the ones that break spider slayers like mutate further as like a threat right like oh shit they're getting stronger now we didn't anticipate they could be this strong like whatever um but you know it's it's okay because i didn't really want the spider slayers to be there for too long anyway so sure for sure despite the fact that they're tearing these spider slayers apart harry does manage to make his way to his lab and build a new dispersal unit the group passes it back and forth trying to avoid the spider monsters as they try to get it to the roof the tallest building in new york to disperse Mm. throughout new york but the jackal intercepts it and immediately just stomps it and breaks it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I love I love that that happens. Me it's like, too. Oh, Jesus Christ! Like oh, again, what okay. the hell are you gonna do? Really thought they would succeed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad they don't, based on where this all goes, too. Oh, for sure, for sure. And to add insult to injury, Jackal activates this like Spider Slayer failsafe, where it's just like, of course, Osborne is gonna put failsafes in all of his machines, yeah. and I know how to do it because I'm the Jackal and I'm very smart. So like now they're, I think he refers to them as just like your tomb, your metal tomb. Yeah. Like, now they're just stuck in these giant robots that they can't do anything in. Like, mm-hmm. like they literally can't even open the door to leave. So 
cool. <laughs> yep. Except for the fact that one of them was already open. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. Um, and then, no, of like course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, of course, as a final blow, he's like, by the way, I'm also going to like blow up everything because here's a bomb and I'm going to completely destroy Oz Academy just as a fuck you yep. <laughs> to the Oswards and to all you weirdos. So there's only one minute on the clock that he puts on and Spider-Man and Anya, like they're able to get out of the, they're, Spider-Man, he doesn't have the, the heads. So we can leave Anya's spider strength. She can punch herself out and they help Dude, everyone are we, else out. Are we supposed to get the impression that Anya is like exceptionally spider strong? I feel like this is maybe know. more than one instance of Peter being surprised by how strong she is. Maybe I don't know. I I didn't re- I didn't think about that, but it's possible. I don't. I, that would be that would be cool if like, you know, Miles has his unique powers, and then Anya maybe if she has just you know your run of the mill spider powers. If her difference is that she is super strong, I would like that as a variation. Me but too. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if they're actually going for that or not. But I think that would be a really cool idea to differentiate her a little bit. I hope that's something. Hmm. But. Of course, of course, there's a bomb. They want to try to disarm it, right? They try to. I think Miles tries to, and he's like, if only Gwen were here, she could probably defuse it. Is it Miles? It's either Miles or Anya. I don't know. Whichever one. I fucking knew it. The moment they opened that bomb and there was a screen, I was like, God damn it. They made Gwen a monster. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, Gwen's a monster. She's not here. She's our pro. They even are just like, I don't think even she could. There's too many encryptions. And I'm like, no, she could. She fucking loves encryptions. Are you kidding me? She would kill it. It actually makes it feel less corny that they constantly had her decrypting things because of this moment. I don't know if that's being too results oriented or not, but it like, it's funny because I knew immediately and I had that, like my gut fell because I was like, oh fuck. Like this would be the moment. Yeah, it retroactively makes it feel like they were leading up to this with as many times as Jen, <laughs> right. a Jen, as many times as Gwen, you know, hops onto a computer and it's all very hokey how much she types and just does literally anything. I decrypted this like super yeah. secret mob boss encryption and then asked no questions about it. Like it ends up like retroactively justifying all that where it's just sort of like they have made her such an OP de-encryptor that like the most important point where they really needed someone to de-encrypt something, she's literally the only person from the ensemble that isn't there and couldn't do it and they've established that miles has tried to do what she does and can't do it so it's not even just that she's that good at it it's like like you said they've established no one else can and of course harry is like okay i've been trying to be the hero for this entire fucking season of this show and have never been able to do it and now i am potentially tasked with saving my entire legacy because this will this is for oz academy and i could save everyone including my entire legacy and be the hero i think that i'm pretty good with computers right i remembered uh i remembered midtown high's ip address for some reason that one time oh my God. i must be really good <laughs> with the encryption just like gwen so i'm going to take the task of doing it but both anya and spidey are like you can't no you can't you can't do that like are you kidding me like this is this is gwen could barely do it this is like super hyper encryption you can't you cannot do this harry and we have like 30 seconds left dude so this is not going to happen they don't trust him um, but he's like, no, I can absolutely do it. One thing I think is interesting. One of the lines that he he has is to, he's sort of like, I can save this school and this city. And pa- Peter specifically is like, but the people. And like, I think that's sort of an interesting differentiation between yeah. what they're looking for. Like Harry is trying to be the hero of the city. He's trying to save again his legacy, save Oz Academy, and he's trying to be the hero of the city. And Peter's like, 
okay, but the risk is that if you fail, all the people that are in yeah. this building will die. Why not try? I think our priority should be to save the people in in the building and then get out of here. I feel like we've had a conversation like this in some media, and I can't remember what it is. This idea of definitely like, have. Are yeah. you being a hero because you are trying to help people, or are you trying to be a, like it had something to do with saving the city versus saving the people? Like it feels so so yeah. familiar to me, but it's such a good distinction. It's such a massive distinction to be like, what are you actually trying to accomplish here, Harry? What right. are you actually trying to protect? And I think that's something interesting because they've built up Harry constantly trying to be a heroic figure and constantly failing at it. Yeah. It's like, this is like, I think you're really seeing this sort of like inferiority complex and like this weird, like hero complex, but like a hero complex where like the hero is never actually able to be a hero. Mm -hmm. Like that's such an interesting little nuance. And we're really seeing it rear its ugly head here. Cause it's just sort of like, I can't fail at this. I failed at everything else. This cannot be the thing that I fail at. I cannot lose this too. Even though it's very clear to everyone else in the room that like, no, it is inevitable, man. Like this isn't, this isn't going to work. This isn't a thing that you can try to be a hero for. All of us other heroic people recognize this. You've got to be able to recognize this too. And he just like cannot see past that. I love though that if if not every time, most of the time Harry presents it as I can do this. Mm-hmm. I I am I am capable of this, as opposed to just like he doesn't just say like I'll lose everything. It's like he is so convinced he can do this thing. And it's just I well, like that you said yeah. earlier, like they don't trust him because it really it is never made clear whether or not this is actually a task Harry could yes. have completed or not. I love that. Yeah, we I don't think we don't know for great. sure. He maybe he could have been this could have been his big hero moment that he's been wanting this entire time. He doesn't he does he's not even allowed the satisfaction of knowing if he could mm-hmm. have or not. Like he's not even allowed to really fail at this. He's not allowed to know if it would ever work one way or another at all, which is almost like more infuriating oh, for him. I absolutely more infuriating and i felt like this is where it was going to go the moment uh, peter made it clear like he did not trust harry to do this it wasn't just i know that they said like gwen couldn't even do this or whatever but coming from peter it felt very specific like he does not trust harry with this task and that Mm -hmm. oh it's so good and and like ultimately he doesn't right and he, he acts on that he doesn't even let Harry finished. Spider-Man's like, dude, we we have an opportunity here. This thing's going to explode anyway. We can just attach the remaining serum to the bomb and allow the blast to spread the cure, just like the explosion spread the virus earlier. Like, we could just do the yeah. same thing, Harry. We've got the path to success here. But of course, Harry's like, no, Peter, I can do this. Just let me do this. Spider-Man's not having it, though. Anya and Miles get everybody out of the out of the building, and when the clock reaches less than ten seconds, Spider-Man just grabs Harry, thwips out of the building, and allows the bomb to detonate. Now I have a question for you, Derek. Okay. We'll never know the answer. Yeah. What do you want to believe? Do you believe Harry could have done it? I don't think he could have. Because he really has, we have only ever seen him fail at things. I think that he <laughs> like, and I don't I don't mean that in a mean way, but I think no, I that know. he really truly I really, truly think that he, he would not have succeeded. I think that he's better. I think that he thinks he's better at things than he actually is. Damn. Like, I, I'm, I'm glad. I, I, he seems like a really nice guy, and I, 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 I love that he has the self confidence that he does. Um, or you know, maybe used to at one point before he's been like completely beaten down by the universe to this point. But yeah. like, I, I think that 
I really do think that like this was such like a desperate attempt to prove to himself that he's like not fucking worthless and and bad at being a hero like to him i'm not saying that but like that's yeah, his yeah, perspective yeah, yeah. you know i think that this is such a such a moment of desperation and we have seen him overestimate how much he's capable of time and time and time again when it comes to extenuating circumstances that i don't think he could have done it i i, I truly don't think it was possible for him to have done it there's like a sick part of me i think that really wants to believe that he would have like that that because he's failed so many times, it's it's in Peter's head, too, that, like, Harry cannot mm-hmm. do these things. He's tried so many times, and he cannot do these things. He's going to fail again. But maybe, just maybe, this was the one thing. Yeah. You know? Well, it, because yeah. most of the time when Harry fails at something, it's not Spider-Man's fault. Something else gets in the way. Right. It's usually not Spider-Man interfering with what Harry's trying to do. It's usually a villain or it's Norman or it's a monster or it's something like that. This, I think, I think is really the one time it's directly Spider-Man's fault that he cannot complete the task he set out to do. And so I think, I think there's a twisted piece of me. I know it would completely change everything. And I like ultimately Mm -hmm. where this goes, but there's a part of me that just wants to believe like, Oh, he would have done it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, and then the added layer to all of this stuff is that we're having this conversation from the point of view of like Harry as a character, right? And like Harry as a person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Himself. But at the end of the day, like Spider-Man is making the categorically correct decision because. I agree. I fully agree. The, it is it is so unnecessarily risky for Harry to not think of the people around him and only try to disarm the bomb. Like the likelihood of that versus just get out of Dodge. Like rescue other people, even if even if Peter didn't come up with a clever plan to spread the cure, just the the just like taking the lives of innocent people and getting themselves out of there for a building that granted it's it's going to cause some destruction. But like that one top of that skyscraper exploding, you know, like that's not going to cause enough justifiable damage to 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 risk the lives of all the other people that are in this building that they were trying to to get out. Yeah, you know? no, a hundred percent. I'm yeah. not arguing that Harry should have continued doing what he's doing. I love that complexity of it though, because like we understand why Harry's doing what he's doing and why he is so consumed in what is categorically the wrong decision, like mm-hmm. objectively the worst decision, but we understand why he's making it because the show has really done a really, really great job of building up why he would be so focused yeah. on this needing to be the decision that he makes, even, even though it is, absolutely the the worst decision that he could be making and once again peter fails to make the obvious argument right in front of him that would appeal (laughs) to harry i think maybe not successfully but like just make it which is harry this the academy can be rebuilt i cannot bring you back from the dead you can lose the building. I cannot lose you. Like, yeah. it's right Come on, there. And he appeal to your best friend and your best friend's right. relationship and how much you love each other. Right. Peter fails so frequently to make, like, the correct argument. I mean, it's part of his character at this point. Like, it's yeah. just a character trait of Peter Parker that he is not good at articulating these arguments, particularly when he's with Harry, which I think makes a lot of sense yeah. um, based on everything we've seen between them. But I was, like, screaming at my television, like, 
just tell him that the Harry, building can I love be you. rebuilt. Right. You could Harry, just, I love you and I can't lose you. Exactly. I feel like in, in like any other property that wasn't um, like an episodic cartoon or whatever, and maybe even some of those, like if this were just a movie, like that absolutely would be the line. I love you and I cannot lose you. Like regardless of what the relationship is, like that is the line, right? Like we've seen yeah. it in movies before. Like... It, it's like it's oh it just I was I was screaming Derek I was like Peter it's right there <laughs> mm-hmm. but he just he can't he can't do it in these high pressure situations and he can't do no. it in front of Harry so yeah. he he is at the very least able to come, he comes up with the great idea of like if the spider island whole if this whole thing happened because a lab exploded and spread the virus maybe an explosion could spread the cure too, yeah totally. So. Yeah, so I, I think I love that idea. I think it's a really great, seamless, perfect, elegant little solution to this entire this yeah. entire issue. So he attaches the remaining serum to the bomb. So then when it inevitably explodes, which he knows is going to happen, it'll spread the cure all over the city, just like the original virus. Cool. I'm sure it's like sci-fi comic book logic that doesn't make sense. Whatever. It makes Whatever. sense in my brain for how this all works. So well, they established the rule, so they're just following their own yeah. rule. Very, very clean. I dig it. I think that's a, that is the perfect solution for this. Yes. Uh, obviously, the complication is Harry is up there typing away at the bomb. But the thing is, like, the way that Peter drags Harry out of the bomb is also, like, just, like, got to be so humiliating for him because he has yes. literally just, like, grappled and pulled away like a child being pulled away from the toy that they want, you know? Well, like, it's got to be so demeaning and humiliating for him. And there him. is a part of me, again, I am not saying Harry is doing the right thing here, but there is a part of me that feels for Harry because Harry made a choice, right? And again, this is fictional world. This is superhero world. I would not apply these rules to real life, but it's so frustrating. And like you said, humiliating for Harry have had to, to have made this choice and Peter to just take it away. Like it's the wrong choice, but Peter does not even allow him to make it. Yeah. Ugh. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it explodes. <laughs> Oz Academy explodes. Yeah. I, Blows it up. Another another school having, having been exploded or destroyed. Um, every single school we've seen as a setting has been blown up. Yep. Or or smashed by a kaiju. Yeah. Honestly, what's so funny is that like Horizon getting smashed by the kaiju was like the least destructive thing to happen to uh-huh. a school, which I cannot, uh, I would have never imagined having said that. But nope. a kaiju literally like falling on a school was not the most destructive thing to happen to the three main schools in this show. Yeah. Not even close. <laughs> Incredible. Fucking wild. I honestly I love the the guts to have established like the school competition setting as your main thing and then just to fucking blow all of them up like at the end it, of your season. Love honestly, it. It's incredible. <laughs> it feels a little bit like like uh, folks who who know of us through Tokusatsu will get this reference. I don't know if you specifically will get this reference, but like it feels a little bit like Common Rider Gaim, where like they establish that like dancing is a big theme of the of the show. And then <laughs> wow, just, I did just not a, know this was where this was going. Right, there's just right. a point in the series where like dancing just no longer matters. It never mattered, and like <laughs> like they're actually built. They're just doing something else. And this kind of feels like that. Whereas like it was a really exciting idea and it was really cool. But I'm like not even mad that they kind of dropped it because they did it in favor of doing just like this wild other shit. 
Yeah, you're like, like oh, you, oh, okay, you built this whole thing just to tear it down, huh? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to be about schools competing with each other and students and their genius projects and, like, how do these genius schools affect... No, never swerve. mind, actually, it's all blown up. It's fine, it doesn't matter. It's a swerve, spider, spider monsters, spider <laughs> yeah. army. And you know what? I think it's better and more interesting and compelling. I'm more into it I think it's it fascinating. Now. I don't think they were ever really selling the genius school competition stuff very well in a way that was that interesting or that... Or, or deep enough for it to matter. See the screwball live episode and how badly they whiff all yeah. that. Yep. I think that this was a better swerve and I think they're going in a better direction. You just go your full fucking comic book sci-fi route. It's clearly what you're more interested in, what you're better at. So just fully commit to that. And I think the show is better off for it. I'm pleased. I'm pleased. Yeah. Yeah. So as Oz Academy burns. Oh, I will also say like the first time I watched this, I didn't realize that, um, that Jackal was just specifically trying to destroy the Academy. So yeah. when the thing blew up and it only blew up the top of it, I was like, oh, the building's fine. It's <laughs> like, what are you all even mad about? Yeah. Um, yeah, you almost forget that like, oh no, that, that whole building is an Oz Academy. It's like that building it's is all like Oscorp. 17 yeah. different things, apparently. <laughs> yep. I still wonder where their like apartment is in relation to everything. Like, did they blow up their home? I wonder. Anyway, there are probably multiple Osborne homes in there. Let's be real. I'm sure. Yeah. And un- underground secret homes. True. With their secret labs. Without a doubt. <laughs> labs on top of labs. So yep. as they watch Oz Academy burn, Harry accuses Peter of not allowing anyone else to be the hero. This is what I was referencing earlier. Fascinating stuff. It's so true, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, even if it's not coming necessarily from a fair place or a fair point in the story, like, as we understand what Peter was trying to do, it's it's kind of brilliant that they have already, they being the, the show folks, the creators of the show, like, have already shown us Peter struggling with the idea of allowing other people to be a hero to then build to this moment where Harry, who we know is wrong is wrong in trying to do the thing he was trying to do is so relatable and then throws this at Peter and we're like, Oh, but you're not wrong. Are you not about that? At least (laughs) you're just kind of wrong in this moment, I guess, but it's nice because it hopefully, and I don't know, we'll see where the show takes this hopefully gives something to Peter to reflect on and really like grow from this thing that we've been wanting from all the shows we watch and get from kind of very few of them. Um, I hope that because this was something they showed us a few times that it it manifests here in his best friend, accusing him of never allowing anyone else to be the hero, specifically him. Um, I really hope this manifests as Peter learning to at least see other people as heroes, recognize that like his way is not the only way, whether it works for him or yeah. not, it might not work for other people. Well, and it fits into this arc as a whole too, because like so much, you know, so much of the first couple episodes were like him recognizing that like other people with, with spider powers could also be heroic and he didn't necessarily have to be inherently a bad thing. And that was him really struggling with that. And I don't know that he like fully came around on that, but like, I feel like that and, 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 and just the general Peter dealing with all heroes goes hand in hand. So I feel like this happening in the spider Island arc specifically, like I feel like even strengthens that theme a little bit. Yeah. I mean, this is like the fourth time I think that he's been like explicitly confronted with his idea because Gwen challenges him on it. Anya challenges him on it. Um, Screwball. Oh, so like five times. Cause yeah, Mm -hmm. Liz challenges him on it. Um, The vigilante group challenges him on it, not directly, Mm -hmm. but just like in what they're doing. And then Harry directly challenges him on it. So 
it's it's interesting some of the things that the show was i think this will be a really fascinating rewatch at some point yeah oh um, flash too like a lot of stuff with the flash and venom is kind of like that mm. a little bit i think you could argue i think that's there's fair yeah. Shades of it. yeah 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 it's it's really fascinating and i love that this like scene this whole scene between harry and peter plays out like with this like cre- the creepy purple mist like it's a cure so it's good purple mist because it's curing everybody but like when you see the two of them just like confronting each other and harry you know accusing peter of all this stuff like there's like ominous music and like the creepy vibe of the purple mist which you know green goblin stuff like green and purple like i feel like the purple color kind of goes hand in hand with villain colors i feel like it strengthens oh, yeah. it there's just such a there's such a good like kind of ominous vibe to their entire interaction where it's like, this is the actual breaking point of Harry and Peter's real relationship fully from here. Like this is Harry's potential villain turn, like for real more than we've ever seen before. (sighs) I will say I, I love all of this. I love all of this. I think that this, if, if this is Harry's full, the reason for Harry's full, like villain turn, which Based on the title of the Please. next episode, I think is let it um, be. I swear, to I think God, it makes sense. They cannot but draw this out that's any longer. The thing, though, that's I'm what I was going to say. Though, there's a two-part called "What It's Called" next. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Doug is. I really, I when I watched this the first time, I'm like, this is really good, but I would have it would have felt so much more impactful to me. I would have been so much more emotionally invested in this if we hadn't already seen their relationship fracture, get repaired, fracture, get repaired like two or three times already. I think because I think that Harry's arc has been leading up to this moment incredibly well. I think this being the justification for Harry fully breaking off with Peter is great. I think that it being a piece of like steadily figuring out Peter's identity, good stuff. I think that it was still one time too many. I agree. Only one time teasing though. it out. Cause I Only do one time. like that. They, I like that this show was willing to have them try to fix it. Yes. And for them it's, it's to pretty and... much succeed at fixing it. Yeah. Like, I like that. I just, right. I think it was one time yeah. too many. One time too many. I think it's, I think like it's realistic. It's like messy and realistic in a way that I like, right? Like real best friends are gonna kind of like have your breaking point and then try to repair it, right? Like people, real relationships ebb and flow. And then if there is a final breaking point, it's going to be after trying and failing, you know, to, to make it work again, right? Like friendships, romantic relationships, all of that, that's the truth. And I think that that's, it's realistic in a way that I think is really cool that it wasn't just one direct downward slope. It was sort of like ups and downs of them yeah. really trying to work it out and making a real good faith eff- effort to work it out. But dramatically and narratively that's a lot harder to pull off that think that's why oh, most stories sure. are a direct downward slope degradation um so i appreciate the attempt of, of the ups and downs but it's a delicate balance and i think that they really needed to cut one of those whether they like again it was all leading up to this moment harry needed to figure out who, who spider-man was that peter and spider-man were the same before it so keep that moment for a fracture i think that's good and then this moment again like i said where it was all leading up to so keep this i think they either cut they either cut ock revealing that spider-man makes his tech or they cut the end of spider island part one where where harry thinks that peter is spider-man for a hot second i think, I think end of spider one of island two. part one would be my choice because it goes it nowhere felt so right? unnecessary felt i will so say this though derek like I would far rather have the one time too many than none at all. Like, 
this to me is still far more satisfying than any other version of Harry and Peter's like breaking up that I think I've ever seen. I think that's yeah, no, I I mean, I think part of the problem, too, is that like every other version we've talked about before, 99 percent of every other show, if not every other show we watch, every other version we've ever experienced, they just don't build up their friendship in a way that that we feel invested in at all so by the time they do break up it's just sort of like okay well did you actually ever really like each other this is really the only time i have really ever seen again spectacular spider-man weird situation i do like everything to do with harry but they're just so not interested in like the real friendship between peter and harry i buy that that those two are friends it's just not what they're exploring right they're not exploring so like and we never really see a true breakup between Harry and Peter in that show it's more like Harry getting more and more becoming more and more of a bad person based on the weird love triangle that he has with Peter and Gwen like so that show it's just it's just interested in very different things with Harry this every other time we've ever seen a breakup of friends between Harry and Peter where they're interested in that I just never buy that they were friends in the first place except for in this show where it's just what the show is fundamentally built on like we've said time and time again this show isn't interested at this point in like romantic entanglements with Peter. The most like the most typical love interest Peter has ever had has been his best friend relationship with Harry. Yeah. And 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 we see that degradation here. And I think they have done an incredibly well, well done job of making us care and be so invested in that relationship that, yeah, I even even though they 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 don't do the degradation perfectly because they do do it one time too many. I think that like it was going to be a gut punch no matter what, even if they totally failed at the reasoning for why Harry turns on Peter, just Harry turning on Peter period was always going to work for us emotionally because we didn't want to see right. it because they were just such good friends because we bought them as friends because they built that up so well. So, do, so it sounds like you also, if you had a choice would take out the end of spider Island, Island. part one. I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, I also... Or the Ock one. I don't know. I struggle with that. I think that I think that they could have taken out the Ock one, Ock one if they made the Spider Island one matter a little bit more. Because um, I think that part of the problem with the Ock one, I do think it's really fun that Ock just sort of offhandedly reveals this thing. But like revealing that, that Peter works for Spider-Man ends up not really going anywhere because Harry is still eventually going to learn that Peter is Spider-Man anyway. And I feel like ends up sort of making the reveal that Peter is Spider-Man a little less of a gut punch because he already knows that Peter is working for Spider-Man. So it's just like moving it a little bit. And so I think that if you eliminated him knowing that Peter worked with Spider-Man at all, not have any of that happen and instead move some of the like, full degradation and then working working the relationship back together over spider island after spider island part one so that they spend this entire arc almost like i'm mad at you but let's try to work on it and repair this relationship throughout spider island only for peter to be like oh shit actually no i really am spider-man and i just lied to you like a week ago and also now all this is happening like it would have been such a fucking rapid fire gut punch that i think it would have been really interesting i think i like the aquan better because it um instead of instead of um like the rapid fire gut punch it results in peter continuing to lie to harry and so the the like the build back up of their friendship is still built on a lie, which to me makes it still very gut punchy when Harry is like, wait, you were still lying though. Like you never understood what the problem was, (laughs) but yeah, it's interesting because like 
just balancing it in one direction or the other still fixes it, right? It's still the whole like one yeah. too many times thing. Yeah. So either yeah. way, if you get rid of one of them, it's still going to strengthen the whole thing. Right. And either way, you know, it requires some kind of reworking in one way or another anyway. Um, yeah, it's just, it's such, it, it's a bummer because again, I, I love the reasoning that they ultimately land on. And I think that aspect mm, of it with mm. like Harry's hero complex and inferiority complex, that shit has been impeccably well built up. And it, in a way that like, we didn't realize it was happening for a long time until looking back on it and being like, Oh, they've actually kind of been doing this with his character the entire time. Yep. Uh, so I, I love that. I think that that's that, that honestly, I think that there's a solid case that that's like the best thing that this show has done is just Harry's arc yeah, for that, I, in that part of Harry's arc specific. Like I said, I think you could make a solid argument that this first season is about Harry more than anyone else when you look at it as a whole product. Sure. I think there's a solid argument for that too. Yeah. Honestly, I think he's he's had more of an arc than Peter himself has. You know? Oh, I think so for sure. Peter has arguably not learned much yet. Yeah, which is kind of weird for a 20-something episode season. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm willing to still wait. My hope is that uh, in a season two, like the events of season one will shape him in a way that he is a different character or a transforming character in season two because you do have sure. this big thing with Harry and Spider-Man is really just sort of like fumbling through shit, you know? Yeah. Um, not constantly, but like that's sort of sort of his thing and he's constantly being introduced to these new variables and factors so if 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 it all culminates in a moment where he he sees the events of season one because it ends up i'm really shocked that this has really turned into one big long season arc essentially um Mm -hmm. yeah hopefully that transforms him moving forward but we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see so Harry's pissed. This is where, like we said, he accuses Peter of not letting anyone else be a hero. And Peter rebuts with like, dude, what are you talking about? We saved the city. And Harry's like, no, we didn't save the city. You saved the city. You're not listening to what I'm saying. And then he shouts at Peter to just leave, like get away from me, go away. And that feels very final. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, you literally wiped my name from the yeah, sky. That's what he says. Right. Like, Jesus, dude. Which, you Oof. know, is technically not true. The entirety I mean, that's, of Oscorp that, is still on the building. Also, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's an overreaction, buddy, but you're really mad and you're just laying it all out. So totally, fine, totally. I'm, I'm glad he does. I'm glad he does. It's still a good yeah. line. It's a very good line. It's, it's a good line. Yeah. All of this is delivered so well. Yeah. Max so, Middleman, so well. kind, of, kind of the MVP of this show, or at least of the season. I, I would, think I so. Argue. He I don't think crushing this, these interactions. I do not think that that the Harry stuff would work without a strong voice actor like him. And I think he delivers stuff in a very particular way where he's still there's still a lot of vulnerability behind him. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's a lot of other Harrys that I've seen where like even when like, like it's basically like he's a wiener or he's like dark and evil. And yeah. like even, you know, spectacular Spider-Man again just hurt. <laughs> right. Well, like spectacular Spider-Man's Harry. I love him. And, but one thing that's interesting about it is that like James Arnold Taylor is sort of like, I am whiny, like weird Harry. And now I'm like angry Harry that's mm-hmm. going dark. And there's sort of that di- dichotomy here. Like they don't have that dichotomy. It is just like a hurt teenager who's like yeah. lashing out, but like, he's not going evil. He's not turning into a supervillain before our eyes. He's just like in these very extreme circumstances and kind of, and having a big blow up about it because mm-hmm. it's overwhelming and a lot to deal with. Yeah. 
Wouldn't be mad if he never gets to that weird, like, you know, hand-wringing <laughs> evil villain place. I if he just stays kind of angry. It wouldn't fit. And, it wouldn't fit it really this wouldn't. Harry at all, really you know? Wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Peter ultimately leaves, and we cut to the ground below where we see that the cure is working, and every spider monster is being transformed back into a human. And oh, hey, by the way, Max was here the whole time. Jesus, I'm so mad. I was so mad when I saw it. It's like, I'm nice that you're showing off a little bit of skin, buddy. I'm not mad about that, but no, that's like the only not, thing that no. I like about he, that. <laughs> if you're going to give it to us, if this is all we're going to get, that bitch better stand up and turn around twirl yeah I know. i'm just like i'm i'm grasping at like the tiniest of straws here doug i'm so upset i'm so fucking upset i'm really all mad. we got a maximum i really this arc i've said barely so seen him times, at all period just make him one of the few people who doesn't transform just let that be the case so he can be in the episodes helping whether it's from afar or in the room just something it's so yeah. annoying so annoying. I hate it. Hate it. Sucks. Sucks. Sucks bad. Hate it. Yep. <laughs> it. It's been so long since we've had anything with Max. And one of the best things I think that this show did was pull this Horizon, like Horizon mm-hmm. Labs Max setting and adapt it to a high school Peter. Like it's one of my favorite things about the show. And it's so upsetting to me. I mean, yeah. just even aside from me, you know, my bias being Max Modell and the sure. fact that he's a queer character and we don't get nearly enough of that. If any, like it just pisses me off that this is, is the setting that they pulled and he's just not present. It's yeah, so even, annoying. I th- Yeah. I think that they really, I think they really missed the mark even as like in the rise of Doc Ock stuff where he's like present at the beginning, but then like a character that he is deeply tied to still, he just disappears from that arc at the end of it. And then he's like gone through all of this too. It's just like, there's so many avenues to include him. All how much time of this five parter is spent at horizon high. And he's just not there. He's not mentoring them, not supervising his students. It's just like these handful of spider people, students in an empty school. And that's it. Like what? What? Sucks. I Huge hate it. Bummer. Why include him if you're not going to use him at any? At any? I know. So, I mean, and they it's, that's the question of the such show. Such a strong presence for him at the beginning of the show. Like they made right. him such a significant presence for yeah. Peter. And I know that they haven't spent a ton of time at Horizon, but they do spend time there. And this arc spends time there. I know. It's the question of the show. You know, it's it's a it's a big thing that I think this show really. I think now that we're kind of at the end of the first season really has struggled with is like it. I love that it has such a sprawling ensemble cast, but I think it really misses the mark with, with how and when it uses the characters that it has and who it chooses to focus on at any given time between Max and, and, and miles and, and then like a lot of the and, and Anya, especially, and even like some of the midtown kids sometimes like, it's just like, where you why why do you use them sometimes and not other times I don't know. like i feel like the choices you make just make no goddamn sense and maybe this is just too much of a bigger ask than i realize it is but like at least let them just populate the space like i just right. let them be present at least you yes. know Ugh, at yeah. least let them exist so that was very frustrating to me. I was very upset, especially because we were specifically asking what he was doing. I would have rather he just not even sh- showed up. Exactly. Like, just it's don't like even put like him there. Don't tease him. Don't. Annoying tease. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess from their perspective, like, they knew he wasn't there, so they wanted to at least whatever. 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 Ultimately, yeah. he shows up for a second. Doesn't even say anything. Um, I don't think. If he did, I no, was too mad to notice. 
He doesn't say anything. He's just like, oh, my shirt's ripped. Well, you're not going to actually see it, though. <laughs> uh, Cover myself up for the television. No. no. And the more important thing here <laughs> is that we revisit Gwen, and she oh, yeah. is finally allowed to be a human again. <laughs> does she say anything? Does she even have a line? I, I don't remember. I don't think she does. Um, <laughs> I don't think wow, she does. Wow, uh, But her hair is so much longer than I realized it was. I forget that this version of Gwen has her hair tied up and that it's not an undercut because I'm now so yeah. used to the sort of modern Gwen Stacy undercut. Sure. Um, that I forget she just ties it up. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. she, she's fine now. Anya, what a triumphant end to the Spider-Gwen saga that this yeah. arc teed well, up. <laughs> I mean, I feel far more satisfied with what they did with Gwen than what they did with, honestly, even Miles. Because, like, oh, sure. at least she was very present for the beginning of it. And it was her mm-hmm. sort of, like, and, coming out party or whatever. And then yeah. the fact that she turns, the fact that she's one of the first people to turn into a monster makes it's sense. It's all important. The fact yeah. that she's not present for the de- the decryption thing makes sense. Like it mm-hmm. it it's satisfying. It just it feels yeah. a little bit like front heavy. They don't really like put a put a exclamation point on it. Um, yeah. it's just sort of like an open ended sentence. Like, and she's here too. As a, there's enough question of like, okay, so what is the status of everyone's spider powers at this point? Then, like, that's such an open ended question at the end of this episode that you know. Like, who knows how it's going to oh, be explored later. I think it's you know? a great place to talk about it, honestly, because yeah. everything moving forward is does make sense to to bring it up. So we 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 touched briefly on Anya. Anya cured herself from be, or prevented herself from becoming a monster, but retained her spider powers. So right. presumably she moves forward with spider powers and organic ones at that. Right. Supposedly. Yeah. So as that's interesting to me. Gwen mm-hmm. was cured by the new version of the cure, the one that was right. um, with, with Spider-Man's blood that's supposed to right. actually cure the monster right. form, which theoretically is curing everything. So presumably, again, lots of presumptions, presumably uh-huh. if she were to continue being Spider-Gwen, she would need to create tech. She would need to have another mm-hmm. inciting event. She presumably yeah. doesn't have powers anymore, which means that Anya is likely question mark the only person who will have like actual retained version like a retained version of these spider powers yeah which i find very fascinating i I actually really like the misdirect then that this arc starts off with like this is how we introduce spider gwen actually no no it's not that's not the spider person that we're introducing through this is it by the end of it i I think that's really clever and then you know and and it's it's not clear either way like what's happening moving forward but like those are the things that we're left with and i think that's really interesting Mm -hmm. i'm curious to know like does anya just go back to essentially being a normal person or will we continue to see her using spider powers even before she has an alter ego Mm -hmm. um and gwen was a maskless hero before everybody knew who she was I'm guessing she's not going to get a whole ass new costume. So when she does eventually become spider Gwen or ghost spider or whatever, they'll continue to call her in the show. Mm -hmm. um, If they even use the same nomenclature here. Right. right. Um, How does she go about that? And if she uses a mask now, how does she explain that? Does everybody continue to know it's her? Does she try to pretend it's not like lots of interesting questions? Yep. We'll see. We'll see at some point. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, also very interesting thing here um, okay. that I like. I mean, I'll, I'll see how it plays out. You already know, but 
Um, the following day, Harry explains to Norman what happened between him and Spider-Man, and Norman tells him not to worry about it, as it was just the school. And Harry's like, what do you mean just the school? Like, that was, like, we built this whole school. Like, you you built this whole school. Like, it's part of our legacy. What are you talking about? What about all the hard work? And Norman's like, we don't even need the Academy anymore. I said, don't worry about it. Like, you don't need it. You've graduated. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Norman? And so the episode ends with this ominous scene of Norman sort of like leading Harry to this lab where together in silence, Norman sort of smug, Harry in awe, they look at these three pieces of equipment, Harry's flame sword, the glider, and a hobgoblin suit. And it's the perfect way to end the episode. Nothing Ooh. else happens. Um, it's yep. very threatening. Oh, JK, they have this really stupid scene that they didn't need to have. It interrupts this amazing moment. <laughs> I hate it and it sucks and it's bad and it's stupid and it's pointless. But I do nothing... love this moment with Norman and Harry. It's yeah. the perfect thing to lead into what I know the next two, like the, the two part finale is. Yeah. Um, and I wish they had just ended it there. Like they didn't need to, yeah. they didn't need anything else. This was perfect. And yeah, in silence a- with the image of this hobgoblin suit. Yeah. Well, I know like we've talked about it before, but it's sort of like, you know, when I think we talked about at the end of like one of the Ock episodes, right. Where it's like the, the, the last, the last scene, the last line of anything. Lizard it's like, that's meant for to sure. be. The lizard one. That's what it was. Yeah. That's meant to sort of be your period. And that's like what you want the audience to walk away from the end of anything. And this especially is the end of a very big arc that is like, obviously it's setting up and leading up into the finale, but like this is the end of the spider Island arc. This is like the, a big point. That's like a big, a big shift, right? Like that's going to be shifting into like the, the next and final story, right? Like of a big story they've been telling. So this should, what should be the period on the spider Island arc? I think that really has been setting up is Harry's graduation. Like that is what all of this is. And instead what their period is, is Spider-Man happy little monologue about how he loves aunt may. And then, and that things aren't important, but people are important. And why not? I just will say switch them. Right. Well, right. Cause I do understand that like what Peter is saying does reflect what he, what was happening with him and Harry before where Harry's like, I'm going to save the city and save Oz Academy. And hey, Peter's like, no, we're, we're out, out to save the people. And like, Sure. Yes. I, I, I see how the, how, what he's saying in this monologue ties to that. The people are what's important. Blowing up Oz Academy ultimately doesn't matter as long as the people were safe. And like, he's got, you know, he's got Aunt May and everything. So like, I get that. That doesn't seem like what the point of this arc was though. Like that was a piece of Harry's arc, but like Harry gradual, like all of this stuff leading Harry to eventually put on the hobgoblin suit at the end of this is what all of this was leading to. And that's what you want the audience to walk away with. It really feels like the Spider-Man thing is only the end of it. Cause they're like, yeah, but we don't want it to be like a downer though. At the end of this, even though like it kind of like is, it's a dark ending. So like, why try to pretend that it isn't also like a downer doesn't just have to be the content. Like that ending would be hype as fuck. You know what I mean? Right. I'm excited. I'm that's why I watched the next two episodes after this instead of <laughs> waiting for now. us to do the podcast. Cause I was like, I have, I can't not, I have time. I'm going to keep watching this. Yeah. I have to know what's going to happen. Like, that's great. That's exactly what you want to do. You know, with, with, with the serialized yeah. show. It's just so. especially weird to me because in the era of, and I don't necessarily think that we should celebrate or perpetuate this era, but like in the era of post-credit scenes and like multiple endings and all this sort of stuff, like why not just yeah. have 
the the Peter monologue end and fade out and then fade into this very quiet, very mm-hmm. sort of um, ominous scene that ends things, right? Like, because then it highlights the fact that Peter is unaware of what's going on. You know, like he yeah. thinks everything, he thinks the conclusion has happened. He has sought out what makes him happy. Meanwhile, trouble is a brewing, you know? Like it just, uh-huh. it makes more sense even just from how you would tell the story. <laughs> They just, I, I agree. they're just so obsessed with these little bows, and it's not even just this show. It. Lots of shows do this, and it, it, it's so annoying. This show's really bad about it, though, because all of the it bows is. are always bad and like super hokey, and like always they try to be so upbeat and optimistic. There were some way okay that, like, ones at the beginning, and maybe that, maybe that led them to believe they needed to keep doing it. Well, and I think because <laughs> at the beginning too, the show wasn't as heavily serialized and it was i think this back half of the season has been significantly darker than the first half was like there were more happy endings before you can't just tack on a happy ending to these episodes because it doesn't make it happy it's not happy we know it's not happy his best friend just broke up with him the school's blown up i would love (laughs) to know i need i can't wait to find out hopefully we do where are the oz academy students ending up where are they gonna go like where they did were, Midtown they High were students go in the first place? Well, we know I don't. I wasn't confident we'd ever find that out. <laughs> but it feels a little bit more significant that there was this sort of breeding ground for villains, mm-hmm. and now they don't have a school or the ground. Yep. Like they just don't have anywhere to be. Especially if Norman's serious about like we don't need the academy. We're not. We're not rebuilding it. And maybe he's not serious about that. Maybe he just means that for Harry specifically. But like, where's Herman? Where's Ollie? You know, like what's happening with uh-huh. them? Where's Adrian yeah, where's Toomes? That, where's that Sinister Five? Well, <laughs> I have a feeling we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's such a it's, it's such a weird bummer note to end on. Yeah, because yeah, uh, fuck that ending. But I, it, it's just, uh, I like this episode. Otherwise, even with all the problems that we called out of it, look, if you're gonna do something really ambitious, good. we're gonna pay that much more attention to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, yeah. I applaud them for the ambition, and I really applaud them for, I think, for the most part, more, way more so than not, pulling off this five part adaptation of the Spider Island thing. It's not exactly the mm-hmm. same as how it goes, which is cool. You know, it yep. fits for this particular series and the setting and the story and the characters they're using really, really well. There's just yeah. messy stuff. And we I think I think the fact that we're as upset about the things they got wrong is something that they should take as a compliment because it means we really fucking like what they were doing and wish they had yeah. just nailed it. <laughs> Yeah, we we had higher expectations because we know that the show can do things better, which means that they've done things well before, which means that we think that it's a good show. So, right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Faces of the episode, it's just Miles. Mr. Miles. <laughs> he has a lot back. of good faces in this. He has so many good faces in this. Like, anytime he's eating cookies is always very funny. I love the bit when he's like, during the science montage, Anya's doing science stuff, and Miles... Ever the helpful partner is just sitting by her with goggles on in his spider in his Spider-Man suit with goggles on eating a cookie. I uh-huh. love that visual. Yep. It's so cute. I love everything that they do with his eyes uh, like throughout it. I just got a yeah. couple of clips of him just the weird like like when he I love when it's like one squinty eye and one wide eye. Like this show like I don't think it happens with Peter as much. It happens a lot with Miles. Yeah, I Miles is far more, more animated. 
Yeah, Miles is a lot more animated. And then I love when he's talking about the creepy crawly spiders to Harry and like making the little hand motions to go along with it. It's mm-hmm. all very cute. Yeah, no, you, that, you, you put it exactly right. Miles is just the most animated spider person in this show, the way that they draw him, the way his eyes move, the way his body moves. I love what they do with him, which matches him because he is so energetic. Yeah, it's just so great to even, it's just great to see this suit again on this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. We so you, pleased. We missed you, Miles. Welcome back. Yeah. Yeah, man, two episodes left and we're done with this gigantic season. Of TV. Wild, wild, man. Is it though? It does feel like we've been with, at this with this first season for a very, very, very long time. It, it <laughs> does, but it kind of also doesn't at the same time. I don't know why. Like when I look at the number of the episode, I'm like, holy shit, we're at episode 23. And I think maybe it's because we split it, right? So it really does, sure. in my mind, feel like we've covered two seasons of this show, not just one. So yeah. when I'm reminded that we've only made it through one, I'm like, oh, damn, we've really spent a lot of time on this show. But it's one very long season. So it is you know, one it, very long season. And I do. And, and I would argue <laughs> the first half of the season, and the second half of the season feel like two very distinctly different seasons, too. So. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Huh. Interesting stuff. I'm, I'm excited to to talk about the, the finale because I think we're going to have plenty of plenty of big final thoughts to have. Ooh, <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait to watch it. I did resist because I was like, I do want to wait until we've talked about these two. You have more willpower than I do. I watched it a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, if you uh, would like more of what we're doing, I don't have a fun segue. I'm just I'm I'm exhausted from this five parter. Mm-hmm. So oh, for sure. Um, if you would like to to get some more content, some more episodes, some more spidey thoughts uh, from us, you can do that over on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Walloping Web Snappers. Um, there are all sorts of cool things. At just one dollar, you can start telling us things to say on the podcast. Um, <laughs> and uh, for just a little bit more than that, you have a, a full archive of all of our commentary episodes. We also have a Discord. You can check that out. There should be a link in the show notes. If not, just let us know. We'll make sure you get in there. And if you would like to find Derek and me uh, just individually, you can do so all over the place. Derek, where can people find you and the stuff you're working on? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast, Gimmicks, which looks at the high-concept, experimental, structure-breaking, gimmicky episodes of television with a new show and a new guest every week. You can find that anywhere you get your podcasts and also on Twitter and Instagram at GimmicksPod. What about you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also listen to me on another podcast here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast where I get together with friends to talk about things happening in the world of Pokemon as they happen. And if you like books and video games, you can listen to me on Novel Gaming, a podcast to do with my friends Katie and Vicky, where we catch up on all the media we've been consuming lately. If you'd like more from Derek and me, we have a monthly podcast called Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where we watch every Pixar our film chronologically our episode on soul is out now wherever you get your podcast and that was a really great conversation so be sure to check it out visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com for a full archive of all episodes of walloping web snappers and falling with style and you can follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at walloping web pod you can also email us at walloping web snappers podcast at gmail.com Please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms, because if you like what we're doing here, somebody else will too, and they just haven't found us yet, and those ratings and reviews make us much easier to find. Next week, it's not Spider Island, if you can believe it. Mm. Instead, it's Harry suiting up in the story we knew was coming but never wanted to happen in The Hobgoblin Part 1.
Oh, boy. Ooh, I'm so excited and scared. Yeah, I know, I know. See you then. Bye. Bye.